You're listening to Legends Cast, a podcast about the cards, the meta, and the community of the Legends of Runeterra. This episode is brought to you by listeners like you. To become a supporter of the show, visit patreon.com slash legendscast. Let's do this. Hello and welcome to Legends Cast. This is a podcast about the legends of Runeterra. My name is Dead Broke Nerd, and with me today I have the catastrophically creative and eternally optimistic Gibbles and Bits. Gibby, how are you doing tonight, sir? It's just the two of us. It is just the two of us, my ever faithful co-host. You still get your accolades even when Mark isn't here. Oh, we make you. sure of that. Yeah, I liked your I liked your opening. It was a bit it was a bit more like Western Southern, which is That's totally right. your vibe. That's right. It wasn't so much grumbly. I could hear what you were saying, but it was it was Western. I liked it. That that'll be my thing now. That'll be my thing. I'm pivoting from the piratey ahoys to the uh, Western uh, howdies. You might as well so put some, do that. Might as well put some tumbleweeds uh, behind your mic. That's right. That's wear right. Wear a cowboy hat. Oh man, if only. That would make this so much more interesting. If only we we came attached with cameras to this podcast, but alas, uh, this is just an audio medium, so you all at home will have to imagine me with a 10-gallon hat on. Um, but no, we are not actually talking about uh, Western apparel. We're talking about the legends of Runeterra. Mm. And, uh, you know, to, to, to start with, actually, I, I want to kind of ask, as we get started... What have you played this week? Because I have not talked to you about Runeterra the last few days. And I think the last time we talked, Runeterra was like middle of the week last week. And we were doing a lot of fun stuff. But I, uh, I kinda, we kind of dropped off. So I want to know, what have you been playing since we last talked? Sure. I have been playing quite a few number of decks. Uh, taking a little bit to ladder. Taking a little bit just in casuals and having fun with it. Uh, I had a long-standing run in the Saltwater Scourge with uh, with Misfortune that I hadn't finished mm. yet, that I had been meaning to. So I, I went through and completed that, got obliterated the first time running into uh, to Gangplank when he just drew like three copies of, um, uh, oh goodness, uh, the the spell that, that uh, randomly targets three. Make it rain. Make it rain. I don't know why I was yeah, playing yeah, on yeah. the name. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't. Uh, couldn't think of make it rain. But yeah, he pulled three copies of make it rain early and just a million kegs. So it, it, I got killed. And then sec- <laughs> came back second time and had no problem. So it was just I was like, okay, I'm just going to chalk it up to a draw thing. But as for the more constructed side of things, I've been tinkering around with Arsenal. The the Arsenal. I really like that card, and uh, I've been nothing. I've been really happy with landmarks. You might need uh, to remind people what the arsenal is. Sure, and sure, does. sure. So the arsenal is an eight-cost card that uh, gains a keyword when you when you play the card. Gains a keyword for every time that you uh, uh, destroy a landmark this game. So every uh-huh. time you've destroyed a landmark across the game, uh, hopefully by the time you drop him really late in the game, he's got he's got regenerate. He's got challenger. He's got fury. He's got um, lifesteal. He's just got a bunch of stuff to them, and he's either just really hard to kill, almost impossible to kill, or he at least brings you back into the game because you're most likely going to pull lifesteal as one of them. The odds of you pulling lifesteal, and that's a huge one, is 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 there. So um, that's a really fun card. So I've been trying to play around with some builds to see if I can get that work, 
get that to work consistently. Um, and I've been playing Bandle Tree still. I've been playing Bandle Tree for the past couple of weeks, but I've noticed I've had less success with it over mm-hmm. the past two weeks. And I'm it's a it's an interesting conversation because I know you like that deck as well. <clears throat> and I'm curious to yeah. see if you've been playing it or not recently. I've had the same kind of conundrum. It 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 feels as if the player base, regardless of rank and level, is kind of getting used to that play style and that deck and is learning how to work around it or what the key pillar cards are of the more common builds that mm-hmm. have more success with Bandle Tree and are punching through a lot less now. Have you, have you, what have you, before, I'll just throw it back to you. What have you been playing? And if you have, have you been playing any Bandle Tree? Uh, I have not played Bandle Tree in the last week since we talked on the podcast, uh, Mark and I, about Bandle Tree. Um, although I, I do have a very good success rate with it. Um, the uh, I, I haven't played that as much because I've been trying to, like, uh, play the event pass quests specifically. Hmm. So I've been playing a lot of AI. I've been building a lot of, like, really specific decks to try to not necessarily win, but to complete quests faster. Right. Um, just doing the event mini game, <laughs> yeah. And uh, I, although I will say that the one deck that I have tried uh, that I've really enjoyed, even though it's not been great, uh, has been the uh, Zerath Ziggs. Uh, has been just sort of really focused on uh, leveling those guys ASAP, and then letting them sort of residually chunk down, uh, and and playing it in Targon, so I can get the uh, the big stone breaker six drop for some big board presence that pairs with removal that also deals damage to the nexus so it's just kind of this mid-rangey build that i i've actually been enjoying even though i i really doubt it's it's not that great um but but it's but it's fun so so i've been enjoying that i've also been doing a lot of uh a lot of deck building for Mm -hmm. The Discord League. So I, I think we ought to uh, just remind everybody, take this opportunity to remind everybody, the Legends Cast Discord League Season 5 is, uh, signups are open. They will be open for another week, I believe. Uh, and uh, But you're going to want to get in there and sign up soon. We have the signups and the rules. And just as a reminder, we announced it last week, but in case you missed it uh, or are listening out of order, uh, we are doing an evens odds uh, season so the rule set being your decks uh must have only odd cards or only even cards which is pretty darn cool and has led to me being the most active deck builder i've been in this game thus far i currently have seven different decks that i'm testing to try to build my three deck lineup uh <laughs> for this for this event we're using the in-game deck challenge and, and man am i having a hard time uh paring things down i've got the decks that are i think are good and then i have the decks that i really want to be good and probably <laughs> right. aren't but yeah. i i really want to play a couple of them yeah, I've got about seven decks built right now, and I've chatted with a couple other people who I've been bouncing ideas off of. They've been sharing their wonderful creations with me and saying, what do you think about these decks as well? Which How come I, nobody does that to me? Everybody always wants to talk to you, Mr. Deck Builder. What the heck? I'm just popular. It's he's, just, he's just such an extrovert, guys. I just, oh my gosh, I don't even get it. My DMs are like a portal. A oh bandle tree portal. Anyone is more than welcome to come in, and it's so accessible. All right, enough of the <laughs> enough of that. Um, 
Yeah, I, but I've been I've been I got about seven decks built right now, and I just cannot for the life of me tell which ones are going to be playable and good and which ones are not. So I think at the end of the day, it's just going to be. And granted, this should probably be the way that I go anyway. I'm just going to play the ones that I think are going to be fun that I'm going to enjoy, and it's just going to be a crapshoot, and we'll see what happens. I All would right. like to make a a point of clarification though for everybody, as it's not necessarily unless you've used the best of three tool in in game client. It's not necessarily um, spelled out very well. Um, when you're building your decks for the league, you can use the same region in multiple decks. What you cannot do is you cannot overlap any champion. Mm -hmm. So you can't build a Ziggs and Zarath deck, and then you can't go build a Zarath and Talia deck. You can't use the same champion in two different decks. The best of three client will literally not allow you to submit decks with it. Yeah. So you'll, it is you'll, a departure if, from what we've been doing, right? So there's that extra leniency layer of you can use the same region in multiple decks, um, which I like because there's there's a couple different um, decks that I have that I want to play that are in completely different directions, but they overlap a region. So opens up opens you up. You need to overlap the, uh, a champion. No, to overlap a region. Oh, oh, oh that you said are, are legal, yes. Are they're legal, that I, and I'm yes, yes, glad yes, we're yes, doing yes, that because yes. I, I, it's an overlap that I want to use. So Yeah, um, it, it's actually quite interesting because I, I've been finding Bandle City to be an excellent faction for this regional, or for this uh, evens odds league, and there's like several decks that I'm contemplating using uh, that have different champs that are Bandle City, so that that's certainly an exciting aspect it feels like with bandle city which is a kind of a, another interesting note with this when building these decks it feels like something that kind of got shored up with bandle mm -hmm. city that maybe was more apparent in other factions that have been here since the game opened mm -hmm. uh like a noxus like a frail yord like a demacia i feel in bandle city and maybe this is why it's a good good region for this even odd stack style of deck building i feel that there are less glaring holes in bandal city there are on average more okay cards which in a in a mm -hmm. even and odd uh kind of format you're you need those okay cards there's not any just so bad unplayable binder fodder cards there's cards that won't make it to constructed that's just going to happen but in this format you still need those mediocre cards because they kind of bump into that mediocre yeah, good tier. Fill in the curve, yeah. Right. So it, it, the curve it is, is a it is a great point though because I think Bandle City has a lot of playable units specifically. Um, there now there are a few that aren't great. There's actually an I think that there's some great spells and then several pretty bad spells. Right. Uh, but unit wise, you're looking at a lot of units that can. Um, replace themselves in your hand through one effect or another, uh, which, you know, we've talked about before, hand control being a massive element in card games that, while maybe inobvious to a brand new player, any experienced CCG player understands the value of simply having options in your hand. Even if they're not great cards, even putting a hungry owl cat is valuable Right. Um, because it gives you things and, and perhaps even more valuable in this game than in other games that are turn-based with the shared initiative system, being able to break up the initiative of the passing game with something simple that you don't care about, like an owl cat, 
um, is valuable. And so cards like the um, the telescope and Loping the telescope. mayor um, and the uh, any of the two uh, Alcat spawners, there's a lot of great things that, while maybe not particularly relevant to the board state, they all they do is they put something out that can block and replace themselves in hand, and that that's very valuable. You're right. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of spawn tools in Bandle City that almost try to help you eliminate that disadvantage of having a full dead turn if you can pull something off of a manifest. The manifest being the new keyword that allows you to pull three cards of of whatever the card tells you is going to be the types of cards that it'll give you options for. Sometimes it's multi-region fall or sometimes it's a celestial or a random spell. Um, but being able to pull a card into your hand and create that, that helps break that list, that restriction of having dead turns on whatever even or odd you haven't deck built with is is huge. So it's it's a definitely a, a good faction. Ironically, though, I don't think it's in any of the factions that I plan on running. That's very interesting, considering I just hyped it up as being in several lists of mine. Um, let me let me ask this, uh, just as a fun spoiler, um, or maybe not. Uh, you've got seven decks. Surely you can share one of them with our audience. I will share two. Ooh, I'll give you two. I'll okay. give you the two most fun ones, because maybe somebody else wants to try this, and they can go and try to build it. Um, there is a... I challenge you to try to build because it's a really fun way. It's an even deck and you can use whatever kind of supporting faction you want to, but build a stall deck on evens that runs the Howling Abyss. And now maybe you can try to play <laughs> a draw landmark. Maybe you can find a way to draw the landmark more consistently. That's the only trouble I've been having with it. But when I've played that deck, I have I had one that was a Howling Abyss deck that I think ran, um, I think it was Targon. Or ran, ran ran a different faction as, or maybe it was Demacia as a supporting just for some early game, just good stuff. Just getting to that Howling Abyss and just outvaluing from there. That's a really fun, even and pretty competitive, even deck. The other one that I've been to toying around with and tinkering around with is an Ezreal, possibly Teemo, still trying to figure that aspect of it out. Swain deck. So being able to, to proc Puff Caps as extra damage to proc Swain. Um, Teemo gets through a lot easier because of some of the uh, just the inconsistencies and in draws. Uh, but Teemo gets through as real sticks around a little bit better. There's a lot of spells that you can play, especially if you're drawing an odd, if you're making an odd deck like I've built. There is the potential to play a lot of three cost spells, and therefore you can run uh, Tribeam Tribeam and Propulator. So for <laughs> for some good value. So that's a really fun deck that I I think I plan on bringing as well. Very very cool. You uh, you heard it here first. A couple a couple exciting previews from the deck building master himself. Um, as for me, I guess I'll just say if anybody wants to uh, help me iron out a uh, a Vladimir Scargrounds deck, uh, feel free to ping me. I have a working draft and it is clunky, um, but uh, <laughs> but when it hits, it hits. It, we we have scrimmed a couple games, Gibby and I. Uh, we have scrimmed a few times, and and we played, I believe, three games with my Scargrounds deck. It completely bricked its hand twice, and then balled out the third game. <laughs> so <laughs> I had no chance the third game. <laughs> uh, it's been uh, it's been interesting, but let let's move on now uh, because we want to get into our our new season three main segment. 
That being, of course, two champions in a hat. Ah, the sweet smell of science. So, so as you guys may recall from last week, uh, we had a daunting task in front of us. We were tasked with creating a deck that had Viego and Nami. And I gotta be honest, we we struggled with this. And I say we because Gibby and I actually sat down to try to put our heads together because of the uh, <laughs> immensity of the task. It was tough. It was not a combination. This is we, we talk about how there are some builds in this game that just kind of build themselves. There are certain deck styles. This this is as far away from Starspring as you get. This is no lurk deck that you just say, hey, I'm going to type in this keyword and see what pops up, and this will build itself. No, this is a deck that we really had to carefully orchestrate and carefully um, collaborate. Ooh, SAT words. Uh, that we're going to put together in a deck to make this work and to make it run. Um, we, we ended up building this deck together as you mentioned, and it, we, we, we won some games. We won some games with it. Mm -hmm. it, it. It functions. Is it great? Probably not. But we, it, it did not take the turn that I thought it was going to when before we started building. I, I thought yeah. we would rely more heavily on the Nami side of things, but we didn't. We ended up just, we still ran three copies of Nami. We ran three copies of Viego. And I'm going to let you introduce this because... The name, I, I feel really good about my quality of names that I come up with mm -hmm. for D&D &D characters, for locations in all of our D&D &D campaigns. It's a, it's, it's a special place in my heart when it comes to try, trying to name things or places or groups. Um, but you came up with, I think, about as good of a name as we could have. Well, we went 50-50 on it. We went, you, get, you should introduce we spit, it. We spitballed some names. We but did. You, you, the one we stuck with was from you. So you go ahead. Okay. And I'm going to embarrass myself by saying I don't remember where we landed on this. Oh, no. I okay, don't. I have, so I so, have so, so part of the reason we, all, we built it together was because I ran out of crafting materials and I didn't have enough uh, to craft my last like champions which are namis <laughs> and i, I only had one viego at the time so so we built it together I and i i don't remember what the name was i tried to throw the alley-oop to you but, it didn't uh, work it didn't hurt it did. work look we're gonna build that level of synergy but okay but but we're not there yet all right mark I and i've been doing it a long time so so i i understand a lot of people might expect us to have that instant connection and on the frisbee field we do <laughs> but within the podcast, we're, we're, we're getting there. Uh, but go ahead, remind me, what was the name on that one? So the name that we named this deck is the Daycare of the Damned. Oh, that's right. Because <laughs> this deck is running a lot of small units, and we are really playing on the, the Powder Monkeys to try and build not only chip damage and spawn those extra, um, to spawn the extra encroaching mists for Viego, but it also just creates a decent amount of tempo and blockers on board until you can get out the value engine himself that is Viego. Obviously, we started the deck with the no-brainer piece of this, which is you have to run Cambavorian Soldiers if you're going to run Viego, mm -hmm. as well as the, the Hydravines, the Invasive Hydravine, the 7-drop that spawns an Encroaching Mist every turn when it comes down and then at the start of every turn. You have to have the encroaching miss energy to get the value out of Viego and make him worthwhile. But the question was, what do we do with the rest of the deck? And we said, well, 
let's let's take this the the bilge water half of it and we need to make it worth our while to try and spawn small units down to go wide enough and we might as well do some chip damage while we're at it um we used a decent amount of spells a decent amount of one drops we actually ran a um the three jagged taskmasters the two drop uh, at a village wire that says when you plunder, so when you've dealt damage on that turn and you play Jacket Taskmaster, grant one cost allies everywhere plus one plus zero. Yeah, and I think part of that was because we realized um, two points, which is um, getting to the Viego mid to late game uh, was going to be something that we needed to either establish a tempo to build off of. Uh, or we needed to be running like cards to slow the game down. And we had either option, but looking at the aspect of Nami and how to potentially have Nami even be useful was a, a, a question we had because we could put all of the control tools that we wanted from Shadow Isles and then a couple like Make It Rains and stuff from Bilgewater and just play Viego, but that's not really the spirit of the challenge, right? And looking at everything and noticing that encroaching mists are technically one drops made uh, it all the easier to want to go over uh, to uh, to Jagged Taskmaster and say, hey, let's play a really up-tempo early game that has the upside of also, uh, you know, it, go, it goes pretty wide, but also has the upside of saying um, our encroaching mists are getting bigger and we have that closing power of Viego and... Um, uh, and the hydrovines. So, right, a, a really interesting combination. Now, Nami wasn't useless. She wasn't useless. I mean, I mean, when we were looking at the the deck building options that we had, we definitely refined, went back a couple of times, and had to refine mm -hmm. our list, trying to make sure we struck a good balance of units and spells. I mean, Nami Nami runs with spells. If you don't have spells in your deck, Nami becomes useless. So we had to make sure that. We were finding spells or finding ways to spawn one drops like Vile Feast, like mm -hmm. Double Trouble, those being spells that also synergized with our wish to get one drops out on the board that took advantage of that Jagged Taskmaster buff, then also buffed off of Nami too. So depending on what our, our, our hand and how we drew really dictated how fast we got Nami online. I don't think we ever actually leveled her, or at least closer no, we, to we when didn't we didn't level her. Closer, at least closer to when we were going to drop her or we wanted to get her leveled. Mm. We, want, we, we had to establish and use a decent amount of our spells to establish tempo and establish kind of killing off some units on the other side of their board. So we really never got the the total usefulness out of Nami, but there were cases where we dropped her in the mid to late game around the time where v either Viego was about to come out or it was already out, and she was buffing things on the, our sides of the board, our weaker units, and really building a wall that our opponent had to respect. Yeah, I think that that was the biggest thing about um, like the monkey idols in particular were mm. excellent. Um, just the ability, and even though the monkey idols can't receive buffs from Nami, which Dang, I wish they could. And I don't really know if I see the problem with that happening. But uh <laughs> Right. <laughs> but but the but the powder monkeys, obviously when they got buffs from the Taskmaster, it'd be great. Would it be better if we had another way to buff them uh for redundancy in the Taskmaster slot? I think yes. Um, but as it stood, even the games where we didn't get Taskmaster, putting the pressure out with the powder monkeys as a way to chip a little damage, trigger plunders really easily, 
um, and then also provide blockers actually ended up being pretty effective at slowing the game down and also pushing pressure in a, some of the other games. It had that mid-rangey feel where you identified, am I, am I slowing the game down for Viego? Or am I accelerating the game to try to end before their slower game plan? And we did see, I think, uh, both of those scenarios crop up in our limited testing of this goofy deck. Yeah, and 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 not to not to to be forgotten either. If if your opponent, if you're on defense and you have a powder monkey out, and you've also got Viego, which was quite the case quite often, and, it, and your opponent looked at it and said, "Well, I really don't want one of his units to die and it to spawn an encroaching mist and to uh, and to Viego to grow." Well, tough freaking luck because the powder monkey's got ephemeral and it's gonna die at the end of the turn anyway, and it's gonna spawn an encroaching mist. So it's yeah. it's going it's going to at least work towards getting Viego bigger. So mm -hmm. it's it's it, it was almost a, an insurance policy is kind of how I looked at it. Of yeah, my my engine will continue to run. This yeah. is not a ninety ninety eight a ninety eight Corolla. This is a two thousand six <laughs> Prius, and it's gonna run, and we're gonna go far. And and you know I actually found that there were quite a few options within this. Now I think taking Nami out would be where I would start if I were to try to really make this deck better um because yes. be, because but because of uh the existence of cards like mirai uh warden i think mm -hmm. um you know going wide faster getting more one drops out um and, and having more sort of uh, tempo i think can be done by replacing a few of the spells that we felt we needed to have to warrant nami and to potentially get value out of nami which wasn't bad but I mean, I'm always preferential to uh, <laughs> having a more streamlined game plan, um, and I think that Nami, in many situations, was like a distraction. Like, oh, okay, we have yeah. this opportunity for Nami. We can see the situations in which having Nami out would be useful. So we play Nami when really we maybe should have played something else. Yeah, on like, like a, any, a given turn. Like a Callista or an MF that also is mm -hmm. providing value yeah. per turn would have been a better option. But at a three slot, um, we at least had a unit, even if Nami was going to provide us no value outside of just her body, of being a body on board, then we got a, we at least had a body there. Yeah. Um, and it's a scary body that when they look at our hand, and I think that's part of what is so scary even about some of the decks we see in competitive now with nami fizz and nami zoe is nami makes you think she is a troublesome she's a troublesome yep. unit to see on the other side of the board especially when your opponent has cards in hand well and it can throw off the math at any point it can absolutely. throw off the math you don't know what burst spells they've got in their hand i mean knowing that um the 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 powder keg summon the the two cost powder king summon that also or uh uh that gives that creates the extra powder the keg. deck hand not the dreadway deck hand the the newer oh, one. Oh, the uh yeah 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 uh line them up knock them down <clears throat> right so having line them up knock them down be at burst speed and for not that much mana either synergizes really well with nami and makes your opponent constantly worried do they have the ability to outbuff me if I try to block here and yeah. keep something alive. So it's she if anything else, she's a scare tactic. But yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I think too, I would be interested in testing, uh, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but testing powder pandemonium uh mm -hmm. as a way to kind of push that slower tempo. Um because it would be focusing more on removal, but also has the upside of doing 
a good bit of damage, triggering plunder, being a spell for Nami. Plunder wasn't hard to trigger, by the way, uh, in those games. And I think that, like, even, like, having Powder Pandemonium, you would be able to probably get between three to five plunders over the first five turns or so. So that could be a really interesting one or two buy to experiment with that I'm I'm now kind of wishing we had we should mess with a little bit. Yeah. Well, we can always refine the find the list and I encourage anybody listening. I saw that Gangster Bob, Gangster Bob on our pre on the previous uh, deck that um you guys went over with Elise and Ziggs created his own and threw it at deck tech or mm-hmm. in deck name game. So, loved to see that. We love when you guys experiment and interact with the the segments that we're doing on the show. We highly encourage it. So, if anybody else thinks they can better build a better Nami Viego deck, we welcome the challenge and we would love to see what you guys come up with. Please we're, play around with it. Poke around with it. See see what other directions you can take that combo in and throw it in Discord. We'd love to be able to see it. Absolutely. Uh, We are, as a reminder, going to announce the next week's uh, champs right at the end of the episode. Um, So stay tuned for that. But we're going to move into uh, an old favorite segment, uh, one in which our dear Gibbles and Bits has proudly presided over since joining the show. Let's get into Deck Name Game. Force is meaningless without skill. Alrighty, so what do we have going on this week? You've been prowling through the prowling through the Discord, looking at all the options. What are we working with here? Oh boy, oh boy, I've missed deck name game, and I, and I, I apologize to all of my uh, deck name game aficionados out there in our Discord that have been so loyal to the to that channel and have been posting in there and not seen much return uh, in terms of high decks highlighted on the podcast we will be doing that more often i promise especially as a segment if i have anything to do with it um i will be highlighting more decks and and rewarding the creativity that you guys throw into discord so for this week i have a deck that i will highlight i want to give an honorable mention i like giving honorable mentions because there's always more than one deck by the time we run around and do this segment from the last time that's always worth highlighting. And I want to highlight Six Summits as, as honorable mention. Six Summits deck, Dead Broke Trolling. It is more than funny. <laughs> it is downright hilarious. I'm not it, laughing. It, yes, it is so good. We know that DBN does not like the, uh, the mechanics around pranks and elusives in general. So what did he do? He built an entire deck that's around hand destruction, and pranking and elusives and it is <sighs> funnier than I can I could have imagined running Fizz and Otterpus and Bandel Commando and a bunch of just creating all the pranks until he literally put in Discord the way this deck wins is boredom is by boring your opponent out and I think that is hilarious ah. um, so so honorable mention to you. Now our actual uh, f- winner and highlight for this week is actually coming from someone I've already mentioned just a minute ago, Gangsta Bob. Back on September sixth, he posted a deck called "It's Free Real Estate," which I understand is a quote to a meme, and I love that meme. So the name gets an A plus, gold five stars from me. Um, but this is a deck that run that is is a supposed to be a an aggro landmark deck running solely zigs. Now, I really wanted to highlight this deck because when Bandle City 
was released, it seemed as if everyone immediately gravitated towards Zerath and left Ziggs in the dust, or he was just a compliment champion. And I like that Gangsta Bob took the time and said, no, they built cards as a compliment to Ziggs, and I want that to be something that is highlighted in particular. And I want to build a deck that is not so late game and stally, uh, using Zerath and trying to control the board through the uh, landmark destruction that Zerath gets damage off of with. I want to build a deck that does chip damage with Ziggs and controls the board not only through the landmarks, but through the units as well, and is more of a mid-range or aggressive deck. Gets out in front of the opponent, tries to play some early game units, and only really destroys the landmarks reactively. Use some very powerful landmarks like the, uh, where is it? Oh, just like the, the hex, Hexplosive Minefield is so good because it kind of gives you the ability to do burst speed stuns in certain cases when paired with other spells, and it really slows your opponent and throws them off of their game while you continue to build their build your board. Um, I've seen a deck like this played, but not this list specifically, and I'm intrigued to try it myself. I think the aggressive style of landmarks that he built here is fantastic, and um, I, I applaud you for for your build. It looks like it curves out pretty well. It's kind of foolproof on that end, and um, I think this is a job well done. DBN, did you get a chance to take a look at that deck? I did, yeah. It's actually got me thinking, too, because I, I did sleep on Ziggs a little bit. I, I still don't think he's particularly good, but uh, has a place, especially if you can drop him leveled. Um but what's interesting to me is, uh, and, and, and I, I feel a little bad uh, because uh, this was, I believe, right before the, the Shurima trifecta got nerfed. So it is running Merciless Hunter, Ruin Runner, and Shapestone, um, which now, of course, as we all know, uh, at least most of you probably know, did each receive a nerf individually. Though I wouldn't argue that any of them are bad. Uh, They're just either. weaker. Um, there's some really interesting choices in here that I like, specifically the um, the Ruinous Acolyte. Uh, it's a way to manually trigger things like the Hexplosive Minefield. Um, and also the 3 by Unraveled Earth, because I do have a Xerath Ziggs deck that, that Unraveled Earth has been excellent in. So uh, this is really just a, a very interesting uh, approach to an aggressive Ziggs list that actually wants to play heavy into synergy and not just going good stuff, which I can certainly respect. So I'm actually going to be trying it out myself. This is really cool. Yes, fantastic deck. Job well done. Uh, everyone, please continue to fill that deck name game channel with all of your wonderful and kooky creations. The deck doesn't have to be good to be considered. It yeah, just and, has to be fun. And as a reminder, we will have that deck code down uh, in the uh, show notes uh, and the description. So you should be able to check that out and give it a try yourself. And if we can remember, uh, Gibby, to send Mark uh, our list from the previous segment, that should be down there too for the two champs in a hat. Absolutely can. Uh, so great. That's awesome. Uh, thank you, Gangsta Bob, Six Summon, and everybody else that submitted decks. Uh, we are now going to take a pivot and move into a new segment, a segment that I came up with. Ooh. that we're going to be calling Co-Host Hot Seat. 
This will be kept private, right? So the premise of co-host Hot Seat is uh, just trying to find a new sort of uh, light-hearted segment that still has to do with LOR, uh, but with us having three hosts on the cast now, I decided to start putting them to the test to see which of these two knows more about my LOR habits uh, and vice versa. So I have Mark, of course, who I've been doing the podcast for almost two years with. And he knows all about, we've talked all about LOR and my preferences and the things I do and don't like and have and haven't played. But then again, I have uh, Gibbles and Bits here, new uh, new host, but my most frequent collaborator and best friend. Uh, so really, who's it gonna who's gonna know me better? And so over the next uh, th- throughout the season, I'm gonna be occasionally testing them on some of the stuff. And of course, uh, just for the sporting habit of it, of course, I will be uh, trying to to do the same. And with co-host Hot Seat, we're going to be playing uh, different sort of like conversation games, right? That you might play. Uh, with friends or a date or something like that. So so today, we're going to do two truths and a lie about your Runeterra account. So we have each constructed uh, three of them a, a piece of these two truths and a lies and are going to be alternating, trying to pick out which fact about our, uh, our co-host's Runeterra habits and account uh, is going to be the lie from the three. So so I'll, I'll go first, uh, Gibby, so, so you can get a feel for it, okay? I feel like there's more pressure on me as the first guesser, so go ahead. Uh, it, it is, that's right, because uh, uh, I, I'm really going to be keeping track of how many you get right, and when I do games like this with Mark, I'm going to be keeping score. So that way we will truly know who is the better uh, uh, co-host, because you, you oh, guys, no. and also me apparently, I, but we're all on the hot seat here, okay? We should <laughs> we should be getting all of these correct. We have a podcast, for, for gosh sake. Uh, so <laughs> here we go. First question. <laughs> First question. So I, uh, of course, have my account linked to Mobilytics. So I was able to pull some really interesting facts here. Uh, Two of these, as a reminder, are truths, and one of them is a lie. So fact number one, I have only, and now, of course, all of these metrics are pulled from when Mobilytics went live and started tracking all of this stuff. So it's not truly like the entire existence of Runeterra, but for what, since... I think the, my account has been there for the last eight or nine months or something like that. So we'll call it, from that call time, it a year. From that time, I have only played 15 games in normal mode. That's fact number one. I've only played 15 games in normal mode. Fact number one. Fact number two, Vladimir is my highest win rate champion. Okay. So that's fact number two. Fact number okay. three. Bilgewater is my most played region. Okay, now... Now, do you you need refreshers on any of those? You got it? No, I got it. Okay, Okay. so you've only played 15 games in normal mode. Uh, Your highest win rate champion is Vlad, and and Bilgewater is your most played faction. So Mm. the problem with this statement is Bilgewater seems like the obvious choice to be your most played faction but there was such a time where bilgewater was dead because of the nerfs and lack of play rate i don't know if you would have outplayed your favorite faction during that dead period vlad vlad scargrounds has been your favorite deck for as long as i can remember and it is a really good deck 
and you pilot it really well. And I know you play it a lot. So that is believable to me. The 15 games in normal mode is what throws me off. I am not sure if that is true because you still go to, I know you do some testing with AI, but I feel like you would also do testing in casuals. And you and I have played casual games together some as well. However, you also don't care about your rank. So you'll just throw decks that you're testing into competitive to just do it. Okay, I'm going to make a decision here just to keep things moving along. I'm going to go ahead and say that Bilgewater is not your most played faction. Ding, 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 ding. You are correct. 1-0 so far. Uh, it is true. I have only played 15 games in normal. If I test a deck, the first thing I do is slap it into AI just to make sure it curves okay. Uh, and then the second thing I do is just dump it into ranked because I'm a glutton for punishment and uh, I do not care about my rank. You're right. Uh, Vladimir is my highest win rate champion with, let me double check this, um, a... Uh, 71.9% win rate uh, across all game modes. Um, so uh, that is That's incredible. true. Uh, and Bilgewater is not my most played region, but if you were going to guess what the other one would be, what would it be? Probably Noxus. It's Noxus, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Two favorites right there. Noxus is the most played region. Uh, so, okay, your turn. G give, me, uh, give me three. Well, it so happens that I also have my account linked to Mobilidix like a royalty. <laughs> and I have three facts about my Mobilidix account. <laughs> and I will give them to you and let's see if you can pick out what the lie is amongst my three. Okay. All right. You might notice some similarities here. Number one, my most played region is Noxus. Two. I have played a game with over 150 decks. Three, my most played deck by play rate is TK Soraka. Mm. That's those are three good do you ones. Need me to, do you need me to read them again? Actually, what was the first one again? Remind me that. My most played region is Noxus. I have uh -huh. played a game with over 150 decks, and my most played deck by play rate is TK Soraka. Okay. Okay. Hmm. Mull it over, mull it over. See if you can think about it. See, mm -hmm. see what 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 doesn't pass the smell test. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I'm pretty sure you've played over 150 games with, with like that many decks because I play less experimental stuff than you, and I have 108. Uh, so I feel like that makes that tracks. So I'm gonna say that one's true. Um, we've got uh. What was the, the second one again? Was oh, most played uh, region you said was Noxus, and see that's interesting because I know it's not your favorite region, but I also know that you kind of fall back to Noxus for a lot of specific cards, like especially Whirling Death. I know that you you really like to kind of fall back on that as a piece removal, and so I know that it's got to be up there, uh, Noxus. Um, but I, I just, I don't know if I've seen you play enough of it recently. Um, but no, but then again, you play a lot of Swain. So, okay. And then the last one is TK Soraka having the highest player. I think I'm going to guess that that is the lie. Because you haven't played it in a minute. And I think that you've been 
playing a lot of other stuff more. And I think Swain in particular, you would have played more than TK Rocka, even though I think you're probably the best TK Rocka pilot that I've played against. Um, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to guess that that's the lie. I'm going to guess that's the lie. You are correct. Oh, TK Rocka is not my most played deck. It is actually indeed uh, TK or no, it's not TK. It's uh, Sedge and Swain mm. is my most played deck. That, nice. that is a deck that I have been piloting for seasons, and I still still play even the, to, to this day, and I love that deck. I have played over 150 games, or I have played over at least one game with over 150 different decks. Uh, my number, as a, according to Mobilytics, granted it's not encapsulating everything. It's not perfect, but yeah. It's not perfect. Is sitting at 155, uh, and then my most played region is Noxus. So you are correct. See, I felt really good about that because I was thinking back to like how much you you love Swain and you love Rolling Death, even though it's not your favorite faction. I mean, I mean, look at what I did in the Even and Odd. I went yeah. back and I, I, I built four <laughs> or five decks that initially came to mind. And I was like, what else could I build? I could probably build something with Swain, which is also really sad because Leviathan is an eight drop. So you can't put both of them together. Yeah, that didn't it make is, me that sad. That does feel bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but anyway, yes, you are correct for number one. All right. Nice. All right. Hit me with, hit me with your second set. All right. Num number two. Number two. This one is uh, based on my uh, account like settings and or not settings, but like account information. Um, so uh, we got three, three facts here. Number one, I have only completed two region roads. Number two, I own exactly three champion skins. And number three, Talia is my highest champion mastery. Okay, so you've only completed two region roads. Talia is your highest champion champion mastery. Mm -hmm. And what was the last one? I own exactly three champion skins. Champion skins. Champion skins. Not not prismatics. Champion skins. Skins. Okay. 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 I got to think about this. You wouldn't have bought any of them that didn't have the. Uh, you wouldn't have bought any of them, I don't think, that didn't have a new level-up animation to them. I know you bought Zed. I know you have Zed. You had didn't buy any of the other ones, I don't think, from Darkstar. You didn't buy any of the ones from the Ruination event. And maybe you bought Draven from the beach? That's a possibility. As for the region roads, I believe that because you probably would have gone to Bandal City and you haven't been playing a bunch of games recently since Bandalwood came out. I don't think you would have completed Bandalwood and you, Bandal City and you've probably been sitting on that region road. So all of the other champions probably have other things that are incomplete, incomplete from them. So I believe that one. I'm going to call that one's true. Okay. Talia, your highest mastery... I don't know if that's true. I don't I don't feel like Talia would be your highest mastery because for a while she also didn't get leveled up. Like you get more points for when you get your champion leveled up in a game, and I don't think that she leveled super easily in games when you've played her. 
all the time. I I might be way off base here, but I'm going to go with Talia is not your highest mastery. You would be correct. Yes. Once again. Once again. So yes, uh Talia is not my highest mastery, but she's close. She's fifth. Um my highest is uh, Azir. So I've played... Ah, it's for Beach Bonanza, isn't it? played a, a crap ton of Beach Bonanza, um, which, uh, and actually my most played uh, champion, according to Mobilitics, not highest win rate, but most played, is Azir. And which is funny to me because I've played Azir on a ton of things and never once have I played Azir Aurelia. I have uh, either. And, I'm proud, <laughs> and I am proud of that fact. Same, same here, honestly. And then I have uh, Vlad Braum, Misfortune. So really it's Azir, Misfortune, Vlad Braum. <laughs> But then it's Talia. Talia is is one of my faves. Um, the um, the other two that's I have only completed two region roads, which is kind of embarrassing, but it's true. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I um, I do in fact own three champion skins. Uh, so those skins are the Dark Star Zed, right? The Sandwraith Pike, ah, which Sandwraith I Pike. do regret. Me too, because. I don't use Pike in anything else, uh, but I also have Sentinel Riven. Oh, Sentinel, okay. Dang it, Sentinel I did, forgot, Riven. forgot that you bought Sentinel Riven. I, I was just, thinking it was just, Draven. Well, Mark got it too, and after I, I actually kind of wanted the Draven one as well, uh, but after a while, I was like, you know, the, the art on, on Sentinel Riven really is that much better than the art on the basic card, um, and I like Riven. I think Riven's one of my favorite, although admittedly a little underplayed. Uh, so, yeah. Cool. Uh, what is your second one? You're doing great so far, buddy. Yeah, you know, thanks. You're one for one. Let's see if you can go two for two. I will mm-hmm. try to keep the same uh, kind of parody here, and I will do my mastery set. Ah, um, okay. That is, that is that I have here. Okay. Out of the 71 champs that are currently in the game, mm-hmm. I have at least one level of mastery with less than 50% of champs. Number two. I have zero levels of mastery with Fiora. Number three, my highest mastery level is with Swain. Okay, so here's the thing. I feel like you're trying to make me sick, like triple guess myself. You're trying to like reverse psychology me because I know you loathe Fiora. And and it I don't I can't think of a of a time in which you've played enough Fiora to get a mastery on her. But then again, I don't know what crazy stuff you cook up. And I don't know if you tried to make a Fiora deck, but I know you hate her. So I, I got to imagine if everything I know about you is true, that that, 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 that's a truth that, that you have no mastery on, on Fiora. Um, Swain being your highest mastery. That's tricky. Um, because those games are slower, so you get less games in, which makes me feel like that's bait. And then the other one, I gotta be honest, I didn't really keep track of of what exactly it was. It was kind of complicated. Sure. sure. Say that out of again. The, so out of the seventy one champs, it's just a uh-huh. fun fact. There's seventy one champs in the game. Okay. I have at least one level of mastery with less than fifty percent of the champs. Okay. So there's there basically there's more than half the champs that you don't have mastery with. Correct. Hmm. And I may have like a progress, like I got like a partial. Yeah, but they haven't hit one. They haven't hit one. So I have less than 50%. I I believe that that's true. 
I would I would also believe if it wasn't true, but I'm gonna believe that that's true because you bounce between decks a lot, and and that like it would make sense to me that you haven't quite gotten there yet uh, on some of them, right? Oh, gosh, see, I'm leaning towards it being, I'm leaning towards it being the other one, uh, the one that the Swain one being your top mastery, because I'm like I'm thinking about this, I'm like. When have you been playing like Heimerdinger, Fiora? Oh man, I don't know. No, you know what? You know what it is? I'm going to guess that Swain is the lie. Uh, no. Gosh, this one's really hard. This one's really hard because I, I do feel like you have mastery in a lot of these other ones. Oh. Nope, going with my gut. Swain's the lie. It is the lie. Yes! Swain is not my highest mastery. He is actually yes. number two uh, behind uh, Siver. Siver. Okay. Siver is my highest mastery. And when you think about it, previous to what I said during your set, your number mm -hmm. two set, mm -hmm. you get extra points when you get your character leveled and you, like, you win. Or if you, even if you just get them leveled, that gives you more points. Siver, I feel like whenever I build a deck with Siver, she very consistently, if I get her down on the board at all, whether I win the game or not is a different story, but mm -hmm. I will always at least get her leveled and down on board because across the across the, the game, Shurima decks just had to do a really good job. Typically a Shurima Noxus deck does a very good job with pumping in damage. And I used Siver and Zed last season pretty heavy uh, trying to break myself out of gold into plat and push mm. towards diamond. So this, that is definitely a deck that I played a lot of, and it shows in my mastery level. Swain is not far behind, but Sivir is my most. I am so proud of the fact that I have zero levels of mastery on Fiora. I know yeah. it might have been obvious. I just really wanted to throw you, that. You had me with that reverse psychology angle for a second where I was like, why would he say that? He would know. He would know that I would know. <laughs> yes. And out, of, and out of the 71 champs, there are 39 of them mm -hmm. that I do not have is a level of mastery on right um that makes sense it, though especially with all the new ones being added in bandle city and and you not having played as much uh bc yet slash also in general yeah i mean and there's only a couple from bc that i don't have a level of mastery on um or for there's well from the set i guess there's outside of bc there's a couple more that i yeah. don't but but yeah i mean i i play a lot of decks but I will play decks that interest me, especially the champions. And mm. there's just some that just haven't haven't yeah. come my way that I haven't really found a, a build that excites me. So I haven't haven't played them. Heimer Digger haven't touched. Um, I, ironically, I don't have a level up. I, I mean, granted, she's usually a game ender, and you don't always see her. But I don't have I a level like up on. Jinx. I feel like you haven't played Nocturne. I feel like you haven't played like. Nope. Yep. Yeah. Nothing on Nocturne. Heimer Digger, Jarvin, Karma. Karma, yeah, I, karma, karma decks are not my style. Um, nothing on Anivia. Anivia decks drive me nuts. So yes, there are quite a bit out there for for me to experiment with. At least get one level of mastery on, and maybe that'll be a goal. It's just get one one level of mastery on every champion at some point. All right, that's a, that's a good goal. Uh, let's go to a very simple one. I'm going to list three champions. Two okay. of them I have prismatic, and one of them 
I do not. One of them oh, is a so lie. random because you might have pulled one of them instead of crafted it. Okay. I have so number one, I have a prismatic Leona. Number two, I have a prismatic Riven. Number three, I have a prismatic Twisted Fate. Which one is the lie? Now it's a 50-50 because I know the first thing that you crafted all your prismatics on was you wanted to you wanted to prismatic your entire daybreak deck. <laughs> I know that was the first thing you wanted to do. So Leona is out of the question. I know you have prismatic Leona mm -hmm. despite okay. not really playing her. Now Riven, I feel like I've seen prismatic Riven from you. And as we've talked about, you really haven't played a lot of TF. I'm almost confident in this that it's TF. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go out and go see say TF. I don't think it's TF. You would be correct and have scored three for three. Mark's gonna have a hard time beating you uh, next time we do this game uh, because you are correct. I have and I actually did this one to see how well how good your memory was because Leona was my first prismatic craft when it first came out and I have almost all the daybreak cards prismatic. I could finish it actually right now. Um, and Riven, you saw me get prismatic when we did the duos game. Yep. And the yep. first time we did it together, I pulled a prismatic Riven, and you got really annoyed because <laughs> you got ten <laughs> experience or something dumb like that. <laughs> which I pulled. Which I later on I have yeah. pulled a prismatic. You pulled Jarvan, of, right? I pulled Jarvan. Very good. Very good. You talk about memory. Yes, I pulled Jarvan from. Hey, you from feel free to put prismatic. that in your next thing. All right. I, <laughs> I will. I will not. Okay. <laughs> I had to make it but, a little challenge. But Twisted Fate is one that I have considered several times because I love the card. I love the uh, artwork and the level up animation. Still my favorite or one of my favorites. So I've, I've long considered prismatic in my tf because i play him a lot as a flex card uh in bilgewater decks just for his level one ability which is so strong um but but yeah no have not gotten around to it yet so great job great job let's get this last one and, and let's see if i can i can return the the favor of the 3-0 quick challenge to our podcast listeners um i would like our podcast listeners i have shards enough to uh, the prismatic essence i should say i have the prismatic essence to craft of a good two or three champions and i am stuck knowing which ones to craft oh i a know prismatic for it's not gonna be fiora it's it's I, brom vlad right there it's Boom, not done. brom vlad it's easy i I, I am open to suggestions in our podcast discussion channel. If you can come up with a good reason why I should craft the prismatic for that champion, and I will report next week. I think on what I think you should. I think I you should choose. have the deck name game winners pick. Every time we do deck name game, they pick which champion you prismatic. I like that. That is great. Boom. So, Gangsta Bob, I want you in our podcast discussion this week as a bonus. Uh, reward. I want you to pick what prismatic champ I am going to craft, and I will screenshot proof that I have done it. And Gangsta Bob, DM me about five bucks if you say Fiora. <laughs> <laughs> no, you have to pay him. <laughs> oh, I, I will pay uh, Gangsta Bob for that. Uh, beautiful. All right, third and final set for me. All right. This is also a somewhat region road slash completion uh, set. Which oh, I don't like my time. odds. <laughs> All right. Number one, I have at least eight out of the 10 region roads completed. Mm. Number two, 
I do not have 100% of the cards in any region. Mm. And number three, I have collected all of the champs up until the Bandlewood expansion. Mm. Okay, go through them all again for me one more time. Sure. Number one, I have at least eight out of the 10 region roads completed. Number two, I do not have 100% of the cards in any region. Number three, I have collected all of the champs, all three copies of each, of all of the champs up until the Bandlewood expansion. Oh, that's tough. Mm. Okay. Okay. I am going to guess that the lie is the region road one that you've done eight, uh, at, at least eight. I, I think that you play this game enough to have finished more of the region roads, but even if it's less. So, so the, the I, statement I, says I have at least eight out of 10 region roads. If you think that's a lie, that means I have completed less than eight to 10. Oh, eight of, okay. Eight of 10. I got you. Well, then I changed my, my answer. Uh, cause I thought, I think you've done more. Uh, um, I think I've done more than it. I think you've done more than it. I think that you are maybe on your last one or are done. So I'm going to, I'm going to pivot then. I'm going to say at the same time though, I've played a lot and I still have only completed two, man. This is hard. Uh, let's see the second one. Second one is I do not have 100% of the cards in any region. I believe that. Cause, cause I, I don't, and I'm pretty sure I have more cards than you. And then the other one was the champion one. And that one, I kind of feel like, I kind of feel like that one's true. But then again, there are some champions that maybe you just said, screw it. I don't want, I don't want these champions. And you did start later than I did. So you were playing a little bit of catch up. Um, cause you started with bilge water. Hmm. But then again, your chant, your chests are always popping. Like your chests are always 10 plus 10 plus. I'm going to say uh, I'm going to say the third one. I'm going to say that you didn't have all the champions. And the reason I'm going to say that is because your your champs uh, your 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 chests are always so high you get wild cards instead of random champs and therefore you held the wild cards until you knew you wanted to craft a champion and there are champions that you do not care about. Number three, final answer. Your logic was good. Ah, no. <laughs> but your answer is wrong. Oh, man. I have all of the champions of all of the regions up until the Bandlewood, and then I depleted my resources trying to do, and still I am trying to catch up from, from the Bandlewood expansion and get all the stuff. I don't have, I think I just pulled randomly off of the region road. I've gotten one, or off of my last chest, like I have one Senna, I have no Vigar, I have no uh, Scion, I've, I've crafted Nami, I've got Zerath, I don't think, I think I've got one or two Ziggs, but I do not have them all beyond Band outside of Bandlewood, I have all of them. I only have five out of the eight, or five out of the ten region roads completed, and that's because they added all of the extra tracks <laughs> with the Bandlewood expansion, and I focused a decent amount of my time on Bandle City, trying to gain all of the cards 
from Vandal City. I just completed that region road today. So five out of the 10. And then you are correct. I do not have 100% of the cards in any region. You do have more cards than me. I'm pretty confident about that, about that stat. And I am sitting at anywhere between 70. I have 72% on Vandal City, but I've got anywhere between 85 to 95% on every other region mm. trying to complete some stuff. But yes, so you end our segment at two out of three, a respectable score. Thank you, thank you. Still very good. And your logic was good. I, th- <sighs> I felt totally good about it. plausible that I would not craft some champions because I'm just like, I don't care. I don't care about you. You are the Fiora of the Bandlewood expansion. Yeah, that's and what I-, I was thinking, yeah. <laughs> Uh, oh, well, uh, we will. Yeah, this segment wraps up with Gibby at a perfect 3-0. And if we're doing just head to head, Gibby has won the segment because I believe in winners and losers. Gibby was is the victor in this segment. Uh, we're going to come back, of course, next time we do this segment, hopefully with Mark. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll put him to the test, see how, how well he knows me and vice versa. Uh, but hope you guys enjoyed that new segment. That would be um, co-host Hot Seat. And that's actually going to begin the process of wrapping up. We do want to have a last little minute for us to do some closing plugs. See, uh, Mark has these amazing closing thoughts, and I really can't hope to match the the eloquence and grace that he has uh, with all of that. However, I'm a big believer in plugging uh, people or things that are outside of the main uh, topic of Legends of Runeterra that have been of interest to us uh, in the last couple weeks. And so I wanted to give that opportunity to Gibby uh, and see, is there anything anything at all like outside of LOR uh, that you wanted to plug and let people know about something that you're interested in or someone whose work you, know, you, you are respecting or, or really have been appreciating of late? Sure. So I've got two plugs that I'll give. One, I am really excited that we got put together this past week. You included in in both of my my money leagues, but uh, football season is upon us. So I have been deep into the um, into the world of fantasy football, trying to do statistics and analytics, and talking to some great some great people in our um, in our Discord community. We actually, lo and behold, actually have a professional uh, fantasy football writer and analyst amongst us in the in our discord community uh which is awesome and he's in our league and i have really enjoyed chatting with him and learning more about his background and how he got into that but fantasy football has been uh has been on my mind for the past month and i've been doing analytics all over the place trying to prepare for these drafts and i feel like my um my experience on the podcast as well as just being deeper into lor and building decks and everything that i gain from an analytical standpoint in the game has helped me kind of decision make my way through drafts and um get ready for the the football the fantasy football season so i've been really big into that and i've been watching a certain streamer recently of lor that we actually are having on the show soon mm-hmm. that it makes me very excited now i leave it up to you mr dbn whether we want to announce who that is that will be on the episode in two I, weeks you know i say we leave that uh, as a surprise but needless to say in three weeks i think you guys are going to really enjoy our upcoming guest yes. in fact so i'm going to put money on it i know that you guys are going to enjoy our upcoming guest 
This streamer is fantastic, one of my favorite people, and the conversation has been nothing but positive and energetic. I, I love this person, and I cannot wait to sit down and chat with them on our podcast. So um, been enjoying their stream and uh, all the conversations that come up with it, especially with the, uh, the upcoming Worlds um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that will be taking place this week. So um, keep an eye out for Worlds. Yeah, actually, uh, I meant to address this earlier in the uh, in the show, but just as a reminder, uh, the World Championships are going to be going on on the seventh, on the sixteenth through seventeenth, and the finals being on the eighteenth. So uh, that would be Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Um, and if you, they're going to be on the Runeterra Twitch and YouTube. But uh, if you tune in, you will get an exclusive um, card back, an icon, and emote. So. You know, even if you don't have time to watch the whole thing, get those collectibles, guys. Yes. Show them off. Get those collectibles. But yeah, those are my two plugs on the way out of here is my fantasy football love, and it's back, and I'm so excited. And uh, the certain streamer that we will, uh, everyone will find out sooner or later who this is. So yes, uh, LOR has been fun. Fantasy football has been fun. Life is fun. Good times. Life is fun. Love that. Uh, yeah, so I actually uh, wanted to plug uh, not Runeterra related uh, and, and not football related either. Uh, although I've been certainly enjoying that. Um, uh, suck at Matrim. I did win. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, so bad. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, but the uh, I, I run and play in Dungeons and Dragons games. You guys know this. I've talked about it before. Um, but as a DM, I really love apps and stuff that are both free and make my life easier. Uh, the biggest one for planning that I love to use is OneNote. Um, I don't really need to bump that. It's a pretty big name, you know, product, uh, but it is super useful. So, you know, as I'm planning for a, a pretty exciting session uh, that uh, Gibby's going to play in later this week, um, you know, I, I love I love using that, but I also want to bump something that um, actually uh, I believe Formula discovered, uh, which is called Owlbear Radio. Uh, excuse me, Owlbear Rodeo, not Radio Rodeo. Is it um, really radio? A rodeo? It's rodeo. I've been calling it Radio the entire no, time. No, it's Rodeo. Like you know, lassoing up some owl bears. Interesting. Um, I've been reading that wrong for months. Yeah. <laughs> well, Owlbear Rodeo. Uh, is an app that uh, is a web-based platform for running tabletop encounters without having a huge, ridiculous, complicated setup uh, for like other virtual tabletops like uh, Fantasy Grounds or uh, Virtual Tabletop Simulator or something crazy and and, and, or Roll20 even. I can't get into those things because they take too much time to learn. I'm trying to prep for a session. I don't need to learn a whole software. And otherwise, with, you know, with, with something like that, I'll end up ditching it. Um, but I really love this sort of um, fan-made project, uh, Owlbear Rodeo, because it is so easy to just, like, jump in, slap a, a, an image into, like, upload an image, and then everybody else, you just send them the link, and they can just, all your players can come in, they can move their tokens around. There's some really simple but easy settings um, that you can do to do things, everything from, like, you know, uh, area trackers to see how far everything is away uh, to fog of war, which I, I have not delved into to try to figure out yet, but it, the options are there and it's totally free. It's super easy to use. I just, I mean, I can't say enough good stuff about this and it's, it's clearly a, a passion project, you know, for the people that have built it. Um, so I, I definitely recommend heading over there. You can donate to it or join their Patreon. There's also a, a, um, 
Discord and Twitter uh, community uh, around it that you can follow them uh, on. So point being, if you're a dungeon master and you don't like having to learn an entire program just to put a battle map up in the era of uh, of COVID, um, <laughs> I definitely would recommend checking that out. And it's just a really cool project. So that has been our closing plugs uh thank you guys so much for listening we really hope you've enjoyed this episode as well as the direction for season three thus far of course you can come and join us in our discord community we will have a link down in the show notes along with our deck codes uh, that we've mentioned earlier in the episode we do want to announce next week's champs uh and gibby you are the uh the amazing uh calculator you've built the program to tell us what champions we're going to play each week, totally at random. But if, I believe your thing actually cuts out champions that we've already played, right? It does. So, so eventually we will have played all of the champions uh, in random haphazard fashion. So what are the two that you and Mark are going to be playing next week? This is going to be another interesting combo. It just seems to keep getting weirder and weirder. It does. And even harder and harder to build. Mm-hmm. At first, we, we when we first did Elise and Ziggs, I was like, okay, they're not champions that go together, but the deck can be built. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be like like decent. Mm-hmm. And then we moved to Viego Nami. I was like, okay, those are even farther apart. Nah. Also going to be hard. And now we are even straying further from efficiency and synergy with and next sanity. week <laughs> and sanity. Um, Mark and I next week will be building and talking about Leona and Maokai. The dawn has arrived. The Isles will bloom again. A deck that has nothing to do with each other, but I do love Leona. Mm-hmm. So I am going to have fun building these Daybreak cards. Unfortunately, DBN, you will not get to show off. My shinies! Your shiny, your shiny prismatic Leona that you worked so hard for. Um, but you will get to hear us talk about our venture with building that deck. We look forward to it. Mark and I will put our heads together, come up with something creative together or separately and report back what we have uh, been able to concoct in our lab of mysteries. So um, that will be on next week's episode. Uh, You ready to work out of here? Yeah, let's get out of here. Last thing, as a reminder, everybody come join the Discord community. Make sure to sign up for the Legends Cast Discord League Season 5. All of that information is, of course, uh, within our Discord page under the League Signups channel. You can check that stuff out. And if you have any questions whatsoever, you can always feel free to reach out to any of us, myself, Gibbles and Bits, or Mark, also known as The Lift, within our Discord community. The three of us are so grateful to have you guys as a listening audience and all of you who are in our Discord making the community such a welcoming and amazing and supportive space. Um, So once again, thank you so much. Thank you again to our Patreon supporters uh, with whom you know, the, these funds, even something as little uh, as, a, you know, a quarter an episode or, or a buck a month makes a huge impact on allowing us to provide this content and also to support the various uh, projects that we have going on within the community, like the Discord League um, and like the, uh, the the drawings we're able to do for, for prizes and whatnot. So uh, we just want to thank you guys so much for your support. Uh, and if you... Uh, if you have an opportunity and you are enjoying the content, you can always head over to patreon.com slash legendscast uh, and sign up to pay as little or as much as you want. It all uh, you know, goes back to the community. We don't take a cut of it. Um, so just uh, we, we really do encourage you guys, uh, if you are enjoying it, to consider giving. But 
either way, the biggest thing is you guys just keep being that awesome, supportive community that cares about each other. Because at the end of the day, there's no part of this program um, that is not still around because of the community. And it is why we are not only coming back to the show episode after episode, but we are enjoying it. And it's because of you guys. So I just wanted to say a little personal thank you to you guys. And of course, uh, we're getting out of here, but don't forget to come back and check out what crazy concoction they have with Leon and Maokai on the episode next week. Bye guys. Thanks for listening to Legends Cast. This episode was brought to you by listeners like you. Don't forget to join our Discord community and support us by leaving us a rating and review wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. A special thanks goes out to all of our Patreon supporters over at patreon.com slash legendscast.